Hello and welcome to our St James and All Saints Church podcast for Easter Sunday. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen risen indeed. indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia! Welcome once again to our Easter Sunday podcast and a special welcome too if you're joining in from other parishes or places further afield. It's great to have your company today as we worship God on this very special Easter occasion. Whilst people can't get to church because of the lockdown, it's our hope and our prayer that through these podcasts, church can come to them. So do please feel free to share these podcasts with anyone you think would benefit. And if you have a copy of the short-form online service order in front of you, feel free to follow along and join in with the responses and prayers. And a reminder that you can download this service order from our new church website, which is www.winsandchurches.org.uk. And as you will probably have gathered, I have some guests joining me for this special day, either in person or over the internet. So let's begin. The Lord be with you and And also also with you. you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that we can join together for worship on this Easter Sunday from wherever we are in the UK or even around the world. We gather today as your children, unable to meet physically, but we lift our hearts and our voices. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. To you be glory and praise forever. Your steadfast love extends to the heavens and your faithfulness never ceases. Lord, today illuminate our hearts with your wisdom. Strengthen our lives, we pray with your word For only you are the bringer of life and the bringer of light. And in your light, we have true light and hope. Blessed be God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
And now we pause to take a moment to recollect those times where we know we've fallen short of the person the Lord calls us to be. And we think of words we might have spoken in anger and haste, now felt in regret. Moments when we've been more focused on our own needs to the expense of those around us. Easter brings good news because the God who calls us in Christ Jesus is both faithful and forgiving when we look to him for help. So let's join in with the words of our confession. O Lord of life, eternity cannot hold you, nor can our little words catch the magnificence of your kindness. Yet in the space of our small hearts and in silence, you can come close and repair us. O Lord of life, grant us your forgiveness for our careless thoughts, for our thoughtless deeds, for our empty speech and the words with which we wounded. And now may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all his eternal goodness, keeping each of you in life eternal. Amen. Amen. And as you probably gathered, I have some guests today. Owen, Karis and Corinna join me here. And also over the internet, we have Robert, our organist, with Claire and Angie, who are going to play uh, a hymn for us a little later. But for now, we come to our Gospel reading. This reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, 
If you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to, to, toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, and she told them the things that he she told them that he had said these things to her. Thank you for that reading. Well, we saw, didn't we, on Palm Sunday, how Jesus's arrival into Jerusalem spoke of a type of kingship and lordship which was set apart from the many broken examples we see often in human history. Here at last in Jesus was a king we could place our hope in. On Good Friday, we explored how it could be that suffering happens in a world that God loves and how a Christian faith helps to make sense of the situation. And now our journey through Holy Week concludes as we arrive together at Easter Sunday. And once again, we find there is some parallel to our situation today. Because in John's Gospel, we encounter three people who, because of the events of Palm Sunday and Good Friday, find themselves living in fearful times. Times where personal safety, the well-being of loved ones and the community of faith they belong to were uncertain. Their reason, however, is different from ours. They'd seen Jesus arrested and put to death. Were they next? And how could Jesus be the one he claimed to be now? Well, like all of us, my family and I are regularly checking up on our loved ones and making sure they've got enough food, medicines and so on whilst in lockdown. And so I've been having a weekly call with my parents. But I don't know what it is about the telephone connections to Wales, or maybe it's the telephone connections in Somerset. But whenever I try and call my mum and dad, the line is crackly and distorted. At one point I became seriously worried because I thought mum said she was going to order a pit bull for her youngest grandchildren when lockdown was over. I realised later in the conversation that I had completely misheard and she didn't mean a pit bull at all, but a ball pit. Mary, Peter and John wonder if they might have misheard similarly. They'd followed Jesus for three years of ministry, seen him heal, seen him welcome outcasts and forgive criminals, embodying a love that he claimed was from God. But now he'd been captured, abused and brutally murdered by those who saw him as a threat to their status and their political design. He'd been killed on a cross, a Roman torture device designed to prolong the agony of death while publicly shaming the victim and acting as a deterrent to others. So how could this Jesus be God when worldly events had brought such an abrupt end to his life? First to arrive at the tomb is Mary. She's probably been awake all night from worry and grief. 
We know how it is, don't we, when we wake in the middle of the night with worry and you can't easily return to sleep. Mary has got up early to go to the tomb, perhaps just to be closer to the one she'd place her hope, placed her hope in. And she takes some spices to leave at the tomb. But what she finds shocks her. The massive stone in front has been rolled away and she immediately thinks the authorities have stolen Jesus' body. She turns and runs to tell Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved, whom we later find out to be John, the same John who wrote this gospel. There's a lot of running going on because Peter and John run to the tomb when they hear from Mary. But John, probably because he was the younger man, maybe even a teenager, he overtakes Peter and gets there first. Don't we just love it when we're overtaken by a teenager? How they then react symbolises where they are in terms of their f belief in Christ. John, arriving first, bends down to look in, sees the linen wrapping, but hesitates. He can't quite take the step across the threshold. Peter, more impulsive, goes straight into the tomb to check things out. And we see a little detail recorded by John because he was an eyewitness to these events. He notes not just the linen wrappings, but Jesus' head cloak, Jesus' headcloth, which was neatly rolled up by itself. That's verse 7. And we find this, don't we, in major emotional events or traumatic events, little details stick in the mind, like smells, sounds or sights. Peter and John return home in wonder and in hope, and it is left for Mary to go into the tomb. She's waited to see how things pan out, and is weeping, because she still believes the authorities have secreted Jesus' body away. Finally, she goes in too and sees a glimpse of eternal heaven in a place normally associated with the sombre finality of human life. Two angels, shining, are sitting where Jesus' body had been laid. It is a sign a sign that a new order has begun. The old rule has passed away. Heaven has touched earth. Jesus has come into his kingdom. But still she turns away only to meet Jesus. But it is only when he speaks to her by name she recognises him. Mary. So where does that leave us at the end of Holy Week? Maybe we're like Mary feeling like we're living in darkness, longing for the dawn. The gloom of everything that is going on around us is casting a long shadow. The worry and burden of care weighs us down. We're looking for something to renew our hope and give us meaning and peace again. Perhaps we like Peter. We want to rush to the tomb and then shout with joy that Christ is risen indeed. Or maybe we're like John more hesitant, standing on the threshold, weighing everything up, needing to see the physical evidence firsthand and touch the folded grave clothes, the beginnings of hope in our heart. A bit like that telephone call. We think God might be speaking to us, but it seems like the line is crackly because of what is happening around us and our doubts. 
Well, at Easter, in Jesus' resurrection, we see the first fruit of his sacrifice on the cross. New life beginning. Jesus Christ died for our sin, for our wrongdoing. Through what he did for us, he restores the fractured relationship between God and humanity, and by extension, humanity and the planet. A new beginning, a joyful hope, an eternal peace is given to those who will receive it. And this is a cause for great celebration. Hallelujah! Christ has risen. This Easter Sunday, Christ calls us all by name, like he spoke to Mary. He calls us to follow him, despite our doubts and our fears, at a time of great uncertainty. And like Mary, John and Peter did, we can find that it is being faithful to Christ Jesus, even through our doubts, that makes us part of God's eternal narrative, a story within which we find ourselves in God, hope, meaning and peace. So if you'd like to make a new commitment to follow Christ, or simply renew your commitment, then please now join in with this prayer by repeating after me. Loving Heavenly Father, Loving Loving Heavenly Father, I place my trust in you today. I place my trust in you today. And receive your love and forgiveness. And receive your love and forgiveness. Make this moment Make this moment my new beginning with you. My new beginning with you. Amen. Amen. And now I'd like to invite Owen and Karis to lead us in a time of prayer. Lord God, carer of all people, creator, sustainer and healer, we pray for all who have contracted COVID-19. Be with them and their loved ones and bring healing to their bodies. Be with the families and friends of loved ones who have been lost to the disease. Help us to be good neighbours, looking out and after each other. We pray for the NHS, for all medical staff, care home staff and emergency services and other key workers as they help us at this time. Help them look after the physical health, worries and concerns of those impacted by the coronavirus and the vulnerable who have reduced contact with the outside. Bless them and be with them, Lord. Stand by them as they show love and compassion in troubled times. We remember the work of scientists discovering and testing vaccines for this disease. And we, pre- and we pray for all of us, caught up in our everyday lives with the effects of these outbreaks. We pray for Celia, David, Henry and others unwell and known to us. Be with them, Lord. Stand by them and strengthen them, O Lord. We pray for the family and friends of Beryl Bailey and Philip Hiscox, who passed away in the last week. Comfort those who are sad, who are sad from their loss. 
Jesus Christ, yesterday and today, beginning and end, you are Alpha and Omega. All time belongs to him and all ages. To him be glory and power through every age and forever. Amen. Amen. Now in a moment of silent prayer, we pray for the needs of those known to us in our local communities and our families, wherever we are. And we conclude this time of prayer with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this special service on Easter Sunday. I'm sorry we can't meet to celebrate on this very special occasion in the life of our church. I feel this time of separation has been a bit like the carrying of our own crosses. And the very many crosses that people have made in our benefice remind us that we are still a church community, still the body of Christ, even though we meet over the internet through our homes and in other places. Distance or circumstance does not separate us from the love we have for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So thank you to everybody who's contributed to these podcasts over the previous weeks or who's made crosses or is listening in today. We leave you with an Easter blessing, followed by Angie, Claire and our organist Robert joining us online to play our concluding Easter hymn, Thine Be the Glory. But first, the blessing. May God the Father, by whose love Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, open to us all the gates of everlasting life. May God the Son, who in bursting from the grave has won for us all a glorious victory, give us joy as we share the Easter faith. May God the Holy Spirit, who filled the disciples with the life of the risen Lord, empower everyone who listens with Christ's peace and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and always. Amen. Amen.